And now, The Mentors, one of the most popular and unique shows on the radio today. Each week, one of our four remarkable CEOs, including Tom Lord, John Phillips, and Rick Brutico, will challenge your thinking about life and work. Sought after for their success and for consistently putting people first, treating employees and customers with respect, and helping others succeed, now these same CEOs, the mentors, want to help you achieve your highest level of profitability, success, and personal fulfillment in life, at work, and in business. Now, here's your mentor. And hello and welcome to The Mentors. This is Rick Brudico, your host for this session of The Mentors. The Mentors is a unique show in a sense that there are a number of us, three that will speak to you on weekly basis. So on any given week, you'll either hear myself, Tom Laurie, or John Phillips. Our basis for The Mentors is that we've all had a long career in business. In fact, I think collectively we're well over 100 years of business experience. Don't take that wrong. It doesn't mean we did everything right. In fact, we probably did more things wrong. I know speaking for myself, I certainly did. But what is important about the mentors is that we firmly believe everybody needs a mentor. This show is meant to solve problems and answer questions that you would ask. So I want you to write this down, if you will. TheMentorsRadio.com. That's TheMentorsRadio.com. Go to our website. There's a lot of information on We the Mentors. There's also information on our shows. There's information on the guests that we have. And more importantly, I think, is there's the ability for you to join the program, which we would really like. You do that by simply sending us an email, which is facilitated through the website. Or you can also give us a call, and the phone number is posted on the website. So, The Mentors is something that we've discussed together, the three of us and our producer, and we've decided that one thing we would like to do in life is help to give back, something that we gained through our years of experience. I mean, like I said, we certainly have done a lot of things wrong, but over the years, we've done some things that have worked too. And even the things that are wrong or didn't work out the way we wanted to, uh, they gave us a feeling for what to avoid the next time through. So that's what The Mentors is about. And let me tell you a little uh, story about how I got involved in The Mentors years ago. Uh, Not this show, The Mentors, but I had started my company. I'm dealing back now at least 30 years. And I was outside the big city, quite a ways outside. In fact, given traffic, it would take me sometimes an hour to get into the city, hour and a half. So I was pretty much isolated out there. Other technology companies, of which mine was, but other technology companies were located more in the big city or in certain areas around the country or in certain areas around our state. And I was kind of isolated. There was an opportunity one time for me to go see a a conference or attend a conference. And there were a number of speakers there that all talked about how you start up your business, how you finance your business, things that you do. One of them at the very end talked about why everybody needed a mentor. So I was very impressed with the man's talk. And after the talk, I walked up, unlike me, in a very brazen fashion, said, I have a question for you, sir. And he said, yes. And I said, would you be my mentor? There was a long pause. I think he found himself trapped, candidly. He had just told everybody to get a mentor. And now here was somebody taking him up on it. And He said, yes, I will. Well, from that, a really strong personal relationship started. And as the company grew, he ultimately became one of my board of directors. Here's what I learned from him. Mentors aren't around to give you the right answer. Mentors are really to be used like boards of directors. You ask them questions, you present situations to them, and from their experience, they tell you the kinds of things that worked good for them, the kinds of things that were helpful the kinds of things that improved your business model. They didn't, they will almost never say, if it's a good mentor, do this. Because there's way too many factors, both in business and in life, to understand in a short conversation. But you can get an idea of where to go and how to approach things. So, as I said, between myself, John, and Tom, we have well over 100 years of experience in business. And that experience 
helped us a lot. But we do, it doesn't mean we'll always provide the right answer. What we want to do is challenge your thinking. So if we can challenge your thinking about what it is that you're doing, you will come up with the answers as to the way you should proceed. Remember, too, that the business life or your personal life, what I have found anywhere, there are very few 100% right answers. Usually the answers are a combination of things, combination of facts. And you don't always know what the right answer is. You know, if you look at Google Maps as an example, and you want to go from point A to point B, normally, at least my Google Maps, will show me at least two or three ways to go. One will be the fastest, one will be maybe the prettiest route, one will have tolls on it, and you have to consider all those things and select the route that you want. But if you're focused on the right situation and the right things, then you can be almost certain that any one of those routes is going to get you to where you want to go. So too it is in business and life in my experience. Don't think there's only one right answer because as a matter of fact, it's very hard for you to know if there ever was one right answer. When you have a decision before you and you have two or three choices you can take, how do you know which way to go? And then when you've gone that way, the result either turned out okay, terrible, good, but you'll never know that another result, another action you've taken couldn't have even been better. So keep that in mind. The real thing is to think through the process, understand the problem, and make the right decisions. After all, you're working to live. And that leads me to another point. You know, a lot of people say, and they say it in some sort of uh, sometimes uh, very proud fashion, why I live to work. Other people will say, you know, I work to live. And I have to tell you, if you focus on this in any other way than working to live, I think you're starting to focus on the wrong things. So the kinds of things that we should figure out is how to make your job support you, give you the kind of financial security that you want, so that you can best have an opportunity to work to live, to have your free time to do what you want, to educate your kids, to live comfortably. You're not going to be wealthy, but then we'll talk about what wealth is in another segment of this show today. But you see, what we need to talk about is what the common sense, right thinking, practical, everyday experiences can lead you. And you aren't going to hear any new scientific findings, rather. We aren't going to say we just invented perpetual motion. But what we hope to tell you is, and hope to explain to you is, these are the kinds of things that can really help you work to live. And that's the kind of approach I think that's best taken. Today, we're going to talk, talk about financial and the financial cornerstone of your life and of your business. So you want to come right back with us after break so that you can hear our introduction of our guest today, Mr. Jim Tekka, who's had 45 years in banking and has a slew of information to give us. And I'm going to try to ask those questions that you would ask. Hold, stay with us now. Right, come back in after the break. My health insurance is killing me. Well, it was killing me, too. That's why I just switched to a non-insurance ministry. It only costs $320 per month for my family of seven, and it's even less for couples and singles. Wow. It's a solid organization, been around 17 years. We have the dependability of a proven method, but it's different. It's Christian-based, so we don't have to pay for non-Christian practices like abortions. Plus, we can choose our own doctors. What is it? Samaritan Ministries. SamaritanMinistries.org. That's easy to remember. SamaritanMinistries.org. What do a stay-at-home mom, a college student, and a firefighter have in common? They're all HopeInACan.com work-from-home business owners. Join our team and you can be the same. You'll work from home, full-time or part-time, around your schedule. You'll be in business for yourself, but not by yourself. And you'll make a difference in people's lives here and around the world. In 1995, Dr. Ted Kalagris, the research doctor behind a nutritional company, wanted to do more. He launched a foundation to bring nutrition to the poor worldwide. Now, this award-winning company feeds more than 42,000 malnourished children every day. Be part of something bigger than yourself. Earn a paycheck of the heart helping others while you earn extra income. Call us toll-free at 855-921-HOPE. That's 855-921-HOPE. 855-921-HOPE. Or go to hopeinacan.com to learn more. That's hopeinacan.com. Hopeinacan.com. 
Because you're active in your church, you may have wondered, how can we maintain the quality of our stained glass windows? What is their value? What would repairs cost? You can get a no-cost analysis of your church's stained glass windows at willethauser.com to help you make the best decisions for restoration or new windows. A free inspection and evaluation of your church's windows by the Willethauser Artisans can answer your questions. Over 120 years of stained glass design and restoration experience. Willethauser.com And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Well, welcome back. This is Rick Brudico, and you're listening to The Mentors, your host for today's show. As I said in the first segment, we have three mentors, Tom Laurie, John Phillips, and myself. Together, we have over 100 years of business experience, and our objective is to ask our guests questions that we think you would ask if you were talking to them. To that extent, we're very interested in you calling in. You know, when you share a question with us, you don't just help yourself, but you help so many of our listeners who are struggling with the exact same problem. You'll find that there are many people out there that have the situation that are similar similar to your situation. As I explained again in the previous segment, I talked about how I got my mentor years ago. You know, I went to a conference, and when I went to that conference, there had to be four or 500 people there. And all of them had similar kinds of problems that I had. We were all kind of in the technology industry. We all had similar kind of problems, similar kinds of questions. Because for most of us, it was our first time. So if you're struggling to get customers to your door or trying to decide if you're ready to launch your own business, or maybe you have questions on how to expand a business or manage a merger or acquisition, Or maybe you just have a simple question in your career. You're in a big company and you want to know what are you doing to help yourself move up or how can you perform better for the company? Or how can you let them know that what you're doing is what you need should be doing? Any of those things are questions that I assure you affect all of the population out there that's listening to us. So give us a call or the easiest way is go to thementorsradio.com. That's thementorsradio.com. There you can see a little bit about the, the your hosts. You can also see a little bit about our shows. All the podcasts are there. Of course, there's no cost to listen to any of the podcasts. And you can also see some of the uh, resources that we provide from time to time, such as books that some of our guests have written. Once again, thementorsradio.com, and we really would like your participation. So remember, the mentors are not around to answer a specific yes or no question. As I have alluded to before, that whenever you're in the situation where uh, you're asking some sort of question or direction, really treat your mentors more like a board of directors. You want them to be able to listen to what you say and kind of be a sounding board and give back information that will help you make the right decision. In the final analysis, whether it's the decision about life or a decision about your business, really only you can make it because only you know all of the facts. And I think many of us many times think we don't know all the facts, but you know more of the facts than anyone else can. What we can share with you is what we've done in similar circumstances and similar experiences. So, and remember, business is all about what? Managing risk. I would say it's the same thing in life too, right? You're managing risk. So if you can help yourself to change the risk quotient just a bit, if you can go from flipping a coin and being 50-50, if you can go to 60-40, or 75-25, you've come a long way towards making the right decision. If you've done something once or twice, you know the second, third, fourth time is usually a little easier to go through it. So as your mentors, we've done a lot of things. A lot of them have been wrong. But we've had a few right ones, too, that were really spot on. I will tell you, speaking for myself personally, I remember and learned more from the mistakes than I learned from all of the things that I think went right. And sometimes I still wonder if the things I did were right and were the best best path for me to take. Our guest hopefully will be able to give you at least some feeling for what it's like in their particular industry. And that feeling hopefully will give you a better idea how to make judgments with your, where, you go, where you're going. So today our subject is financial cornerstone, and we will bleed this into financial cornerstone of business, but I want to start in a more basic spot than that. 
I want to start on financial cornerstone of life. Because I'm a believer that if your personal financial cornerstone isn't solid, or at least structured in a way that it can become solid as you grow, it's very, very difficult for you to do something more solid, more specific, more creative for your business. It starts with you feeling comfortable personally, comfortable about your family, and comfortable about the way you're growing things. Your personal financial situation should follow a very similar plan as you follow for a business. First of all, you need a plan. It's just that simple. You need a plan. You need a roadmap. You need a way to get there. We talked before about Google Maps and what direction to go. But you know, this is kind of like your Google, Google Maps. It's kind of like that thing that shows you the direction where you want to go to. It's kind of like on your car, the speedometer. It shows you the velocity of acceleration or deceleration. And you'll see that same factor is pertinent in business as well. But in your life, start off with a plan. I don't know how many people I talk to all the time that tell me they have no specific plan. They have no budget. If you have no budget, you have no plan. You know, a famous person told me one time that if, I, if you ask me who wants to go to Europe and everybody raises their hand, then I say who's going to Europe and has tickets right now. And I have one person that raises their hand as an example. The difference is, one, the first one is a wish. The second one is an objective. So you need an objective. Where you're going, when it's going to happen is really critical to every objective. And so how you're going to save your money and make sure that your money's there, not only for today, not only to pay the current bills, but for those things that are in the future. And those things that are in the future are like the most important thing you can think about because it takes a while to grow anything, but here's the good news. With good financial planning, your goals will grow, your uh, uh, goals and objectives will improve rather, and your financial situ situation will also grow. We'll talk about that with our guest, Mr. Jim Tekka, who I'll be bringing up just in a second. Uh, and Jim's got a, a vast background in, in uh, banking. He's able to give you his opinions of what he's seen over 45 years in the industry. And if you think about the kinds of things that he's going to talk about, think about how you can apply it first to your personal life. And in the subsequent seg segments, we'll ask Jim some of the tougher questions too, is how do I get a loan for my business and how do I go forward? So you want to stick with us for that. In the meantime, don't forget, go to TheMentorsRadio.com and leave us your question. With that, I want to introduce Mr. Jim Tekka. Hello, Jim. Hi, Rick. How are you? I'm wonderful today, and how are you? I'm, I'm wonderful also. Well, you're always wonderful. Uh, Jim, tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into banking and uh, where, where you came from. I, I, I think I said it correctly, you're over 45 years in the banking industry. Yeah, that's correct. Um, you know, uh, when I came into the industry, uh, we were fortunate enough that you had a pretty much a career oftentimes laid out for you because the, the industry was needing, it was expanding rapidly and they needed uh, uh, people very badly. So they had training programs set out for you. So as a result, uh, people that came into the industry, uh, essentially their careers, you, you knew banking from the point of taking in deposits all through to lending money and then eventually how to run, uh, run a bank if you so chose. And that's what I did. My career is one of, of some 40-plus years of, of doing everything that a bank does, uh, including taking deposits and lending them out at a spread uh, from the cost of funds in which you get your money back over a period of time and lending uh, to people to do that. So it's a very interesting career. Well, Jim, I appreciate that, and I think you were 20 years with the Big Mama Bank of America, right? I was. I was 20 years with Bank of America. And that's that's kind of got to be great training one way or another. So we're uh, we're kind of winding up on the close of this segment. Um, we're going to get back with Jim Tecker right after the segment. We're going to ask him some more questions about his career, and we're going to ask him how we get funding for our business and how we borrow money for homes or for other things that we may be interested in. He can get, lead us into the approach of how to do those things. So I hope you all stick with us. And remember to go to our website, thementorsradio.com. That is 
thementorsradio.com. There you can leave us questions. You can learn about We The Mentors. You can read about our guests. And I think you'll find the information there very helpful to you. We'll be coming back in just a few minutes with Jim Tekka. Stick with us. My name is Nick Jordan. I'm the founder of Wells of Life. I'm here to tell you that there are 10 million people in Uganda without access to clean water. Imagine your water comes from a stream or pond shared with animals. Imagine that this water is loaded with parasites and disease. Each day, you have to walk three miles to fetch this because it's all the water there is. So what can you do about this? The great news is you can do a lot. Go to wellsoflife.net and make a personal donation. Talk to your family, church, or company about funding your own well. Every penny goes to fund your well and will bring water and life to as many as a thousand parishioners in rural Uganda for up to 20 years. In this jubilee year of mercy, why not make this your act of mercy in Jesus' name? Go to wellsoflife.net and make a personal donation. wellsoflife.net All Catholics are invited to join the Young Catholic Professionals, YCP for short, National Movement. One of the nation's fastest-growing Catholic organizations, with chapters in 15 cities nationwide and international interest, YCP was founded by peers to inspire young professionals to work and witness for Christ. YCP's programs are designed to help young people at every stage of the journey to grow as Catholics and as professionals. Our members use their experience to become ambassadors of the faith in the public square, forming tomorrow's leaders to step forward in their communities, parishes, and workplaces. There's an opportunity for Catholics of all ages to get involved. Visit our website, youngcatholicprofessionals.org, youngcatholicprofessionals.org, to learn more about how you can get involved in this exciting apostolate. That's youngcatholicprofessionals.org, youngcatholicprofessionals.org. What would happen if you or a loved one passed away suddenly? It might be difficult to think about, but prearrangement is very easy to do. It saves you money and it's a huge relief on you and your family when the need arises. Catholic Funeral and Cemetery Services is a nonprofit diocesan ministry with a compassionate staff and many beautiful sacred locations from which to choose. We specialize in guiding you through the entire end-of-life process, making decisions easy and faith-driven for you now and for your loved ones later. Call now to learn more at 800-498-4989. That's 800-498-4989. Learn how easy it is to plan ahead. Call Catholic Funeral and Cemetery Services at 800-498-4989. And now, Back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Hello, and welcome back. This is Rick Brudico, one of The Mentors. The Mentors is a program that is interesting in the fact that each week we have a different host, myself, Tom Laurie, or John Phillips. And we're here to hopefully have guests answers to questions as though you were sitting here asking them yourself. With to that in mind, I encourage you to go to our website, thementorsradio.com. That is thementorsradio.com. You, you'll see there that it'll be very easy for you to leave us an email, leave us a question, and leave us some sort of information that we can respond to on the air. It will help both you and others, others of our listeners. So please take, it up, take us up on that and get involved. I'm, my guest today is Jim Tekka. Jim is a longtime uh, professional in the banking industry. In fact, uh, Jim, I think your whole career was in the banking industry. Isn't that true? It was, Rick. Yes. I think, didn't you, uh, when you retired a few years ago, you were the uh, vice chairman and COO of Western Financial Bank, if I recall correctly. That's correct. Well, that's a pretty impressive position. So you worked your way up in the bank, and I think if I recall correctly... That uh, bank was ultimately sold to Wachovia. Is that right? 
Yes, we sold the company uh, to Wachovia, and after that, I ran uh, the real estate industries of, you know, for Wachovia Bank in Southern California uh, for a year and then retired, Rick. It had to be fascinating to be involved in that merger, as I'm sure you were. Uh, th- those are interesting things where you're you're uh, trying to uh, combine cultures of two different organizations, uh, but it worked out well. Yeah, well, I, I, I say that because I know so many of the people listening to us who are, are aspiring entrepreneurs, you know, their goal is to one day exit by having some large company buy them. I know in your case it was slightly different. The banking industry was going through a lot of mergers and acquisitions, but uh, I imagine the uh, valuing that asset and getting a, a, a transaction done was not the easiest thing in the world. No, uh, they aren't. Uh, and it, uh, oftentimes it's, it's just fitting uh, companies together that together complement each other, and that's, that was the case uh, of the Wachovia and, and uh, really uh, Western Financial Bank uh, or West Corp's um, uh, combined interest to do that. I guess then shortly after that, didn't Wells Fargo uh, buy Wachovia or take it over somehow? Well, that's it. in 2008, when we all remember that, uh, mm-hmm. the, uh, the industry really went through some uh, uh, huge uh, issues, and Wachovia uh, was taken over uh, by uh, Wells Fargo Bank. That's correct. Yeah. Fortunately, I yeah, had I th- retired by then. <laughs> you didn't have to go through the misery function, huh, Jim? Uh, so, yes. So, Jim, you know, you, I, uh, and from my listeners' point of view, they, uh, you know, Jim was uh, uh, born in Montana and had a BS from the University of Montana. He did some advanced studies at no less Harvard, USC, and Stanford, and all of those things are really interesting to me. But, Jim, I'm wondering if you could kind of delve into a little bit of maybe your earlier days when you were on the banking side and and uh, maybe the community banking side. And, and what do you think about savings and why that's necessary, if you think it's necessary, and what's appropriate for people to do today in that regard? Well, I, I think we all grew up, our, our family, my family, uh, grew up with uh, people saying no matter uh, how much you save, save a dollar off of every paycheck. And people don't realize uh, what what that can uh, accomplish? Uh, uh, our family uh, forgot about. I think I told you a story once. Our for, our family forgot about some money that we had in a, in a mutual fund, and come uh, and it was less, well less than a thousand dollars, and we forgot about it, and we got notice at, uh, about it thirty years later, and it w- ended up being uh, almost five thousand dollars. So it's a good example of of something that uh, compound interest and earnings over a period of time. What it'll do. So if, if you start out a life of of out of every paycheck you send, you save a dollar or ten dollars or fifty dollars. We all look back and we say after thirty years, oh my gosh, how much uh, how much uh, that really uh, became. You know, with compound interest, it is really something that you can't uh, underestimate. Yeah, I know that. Um, and uh, for the listener's point of view, I want to add a little story here, too. And this is when I ran a company one time, and I was uh, trying to put in a 401k in the days. In fact, I did put in a 401k in the days that not a lot of people knew about them. And it's just a great tax advantage way to save. Uh, but what, what happened is I found out that most of the managers and a few of the other employees were in it. But the preponderance of our then 150 employees were not. So I called a meeting and had a big room full of people there, and I was explaining the way a 401k works. And a lady was standing in the back. I, you know, I, she, uh, she'd probably cringe if she hears me say this, but she, I thought she was a ditzy blonde. She wasn't a ditzy blonde, as it turned out. She was just being very, very interested in what, I, what was being said. And as I was explaining the need to put some money in your paycheck every month and why it's better to put $10 in in the first month than, than put $100 in in the 10th month, all of a sudden she yelled out at the top of her lungs, I get it. If I have $10 in 
by time I get to the uh, 10th month, I will have over $100 in my account because of the compounded interest. And, and that's, that's the thing that most people don't get, why it's important to save from the beginning, even when in low interest times. Wouldn't you agree, Jim? For sure. And, you know, those kinds of practices follow on uh, to the, your family, your offspring. And also, if you become a business owner, those kinds of practices uh, follow on in your business, uh, uh, what you think of how to manage your business. So it all is hooked together. Yeah, I, I think that's so true. And and uh, we, we kind of struggle today because... You know what we what you and I used to call passbook accounts. Uh, I don't even know are they in existence anymore, and if they are, what do they pay? Yeah, I don't I don't think so. They're very very small now uh, because interest rates are at the lowest levels from the early 50s. So, you know the uh, the amount of of money that you make by keeping money in in savings uh, is is really relatively low, and you, we were, we're always seen articles about that in the paper, and that's the reason why a lot of people have put money in the stock market uh, because of the uh, exceedingly low rates that they can get on their normal savings. But don't you think, uh, Jim, that uh, there's still a need for that rainy day fund, even if it garners no interest? I mean, after all, your transmission's liable to drop, or, you know, worse yet, you may lose your job and you need some real cash that you can have get your hands on quickly. By that, I mean liquid cash as opposed to stocks that you may have to sell in a down market. For sure. People say, uh, or I say, that anybody, a wage earner, should have a rainy day fund uh, for uh, for something that would happen uh, to your job. I think that it's proper to have at least six months or one year savings. That is, uh, that, or one year salary. Excuse me, uh, that you have in an account that is is risk free. In, in other words, not in the stock market, and uh, that should be your rainy day fund that you would use oh. in, in case there was something that happened to your your job, and that should be the first thing that you do. Okay, Jim, thank you. We're up against a break. I hope you'll hold over after the break, and Jim's going to talk to us about getting financing for your company or business. In classrooms across America, students are not learning the same history you did. Last year, McGraw-Hill apologized for calling slave trade immigration. And a popular world history textbook devotes a full chapter to Islam and Muhammad, but only a few sentences to Christianity and Christ. Recent federal testing shows students are far worse in knowledge of U.S. history than in math. Only 12% of high school students are proficient in U.S. history. Today's history textbooks not only fail to engage, they favor political correctness over true history. This is a serious problem that has a far-reaching impact on our culture and our future. What are your kids and grandkids learning? At CatholicTextbookProject.com, you'll find fresh, accurate, engaging history textbooks. Used in Catholic schools in more than 60 dioceses, these textbooks are highly praised by all, even award-winning secular university professors. Go to catholictextbookproject.com to find out why. This is a church, a church that might be like yours, with beautiful stained glass windows. Through the years, time and weather took their toll, so the people in this church went online and found Willethauser Architectural Glass. Willett Hauser did a free inspection and evaluation of the church's windows. Then their craftsmen with over 120 years of stained glass design and restoration experience brought the church's stained glass windows back to life. WillettHauser.com. Ah, my health insurance is killing me. Well, it was killing me, too. That's why I just switched to a non-insurance ministry. It only costs $320 per month for my family of seven, and it's even less for couples and singles. Wow. It's a solid organization, been around 17 years. We have the dependability of a proven method, but it's different. It's Christian-based, so we don't have to pay for non-Christian practices like abortions. Plus, we can choose our own doctors. What is it? Samaritan Ministries. SamaritanMinistries.org. That's easy to remember. SamaritanMinistries.org. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back to The Mentors. This is Rick Brutico, your host for this show. If you've been listening to the show for any time, you know that we have three mentors that rotate 
on a weekly basis to answer your questions. Myself, Tom Laurie, and John Phillips. Together, we have over 100 years of business experience, and we hope that we can bring guests on and raise issues that will be helpful to you in your business. As to our guest, we're going to try to ask those questions that you would ask if you were sitting in the studio. What would be really helpful, we'd like you to join in. If you would go to TheMentorsRadio.com, that's TheMentorsRadio.com, you'll see there a place where you can see some of our guests, who they are, some of the works that they've done. You'll also can read about the mentors. But most importantly, there's a little section where you can essentially send us an email and email your question. We'd very much like to get that so that your question can be asked on your behalf, but also for all those others who are listening but don't ask a question. Today, my guest is Jim Tekka. Jim has spent his career in the banking industry. He's worked at huge institutions, small and big banks as well. And before the break, we were talking to Jim about the reason to have money saved personally as the cornerstone of your financial plan. And I want Jim to pick up on that and segue from that to my question of this hour, and the one that I know a lot of the of the people listening in are, are thinking about is they either start their career or in early years of their own business. And that is, how does a person today get money from the bank? What is it that they need? So, Jim, can you kind of pick it up and take it from there? Well, thank you, Rick. First, if you're starting a new business and you haven't run the business uh, for uh, uh, any length of time, the, the capital that you're going to get to do that needs to be from family, friends, or people uh, that are that invest in new ideas. The uh, banks will will sell them if if at any time uh, be, be able to uh, lend money for a new business unless you have for some reason accumulated uh, 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 capital uh, accumulated assets in which uh, they can uh, uh, take a lien on the assets. So, so you have to establish yourself in your business for at least a couple years and show earnings for that period of time before banks are, are going to uh, uh, grant you credit. However, another uh, today with, with families, and both uh, if, you, if their families are both working, uh, it, it's possible that with uh, with one person's income, you could have a step, uh, uh, credit that is established that you can get credit based on that that person's income, and therefore take that money and put it into a business, a startup business. So there are ways to do it, but for the first few years, depending on the amount of money that you need. It, it is not. It is is relatively uh, difficult in the banking industry to to uh, to obtain a loan. The other way you can you can do that the 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 government through the SBA Small Business Administration does have money available for people that are establishing businesses that they have experience. That people do that run the business. That have ex- have shown experience and shown the ability to run a business, to uh, obtain capital that is guaranteed by the uh, the SBA, and the bank, based on that, would uh, entertain a loan for a business. But you still have to have a record uh, uh, of of accomplishing uh, the the business that you're uh, you're thinking of of uh, applying for a loan or starting up. So, so Jim, I'm, I'm assuming that it's not like that Jimmy Stewart movie where the uh, bank lent money to everybody in town and all you had to do is walk in and say, hello, whatever his name was, and, and you got a, lo- a loan. It, it isn't that way anymore. I'm that, taking that it from you. That does not happen anymore, Rick. <laughs> and and I, I guess also, so maybe for our listeners, um, you used a couple of terms that uh, they may or may not be familiar with, um, but you said specifically that they had to have some uh, asset, I think is what you said. So by that, what do you mean? Uh, well, it's going to bring a pound of gold or what? No, no, no. Well, that wouldn't hurt maybe. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, the, there, it's possible that because of uh, families, uh, uh, you have assets that was given to you as a result of families, you have 
let's say, stocks or you have a house or something like that, that, uh, that, that could be collateral for a loan, but you still have to, even though the, uh, the collateral, let's say, that there's no question about the worth of the collateral, you still have to show the bank the ability to pay that loan. So they're, 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 at least a bank seldom will lend just on the collateral value, but they want to make sure that you can pay the interest in principle in order to carry uh, pay that loan back. There are other sources of uh, that will lend you that money, non-banks usually, or family, or friends, or people that are in the business of taking collateral, looking at the collateral value, and then lending you money based on that collateral without full regard of your ability possibly to pay it back. But that's the interest rate on that kind of money is more expensive than traditional bank expense, uh, uh, bank, bank credit bank loans. Well, I think I think the point you're making here for, uh, for the listeners, and actually for me too, I mean, you know, we all think that we walk in to get a loan and we assume that you know we're going to pay you back. However, the reality of the situation is that uh, while we may have the best of intentions, the world doesn't go that way. And if I'm opening, opening uh, in my case, Rick's Coffee House, uh, you don't want to be running a coffee house in a year or two, so you're looking for some other way to assure that the cash flow is there to service that debt, right? That, that's correct. The, 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 the thing that, that the banker wants to avoid is having to uh, go against the assets of anyone uh, in, in order to repay the loan. What they're trying to do is make sure that the, the, the individual and, and the business have the ability to pay the loan back without without significantly having to liquidate the collateral, which is a bank can do it to to make sure that the loan is repaid, but it's not the preferential way to do it. Well, and of course, I guess we all often don't think about it, but the, to get a loan, the bank has to put up capital, and there's a cost of that capital. And you're in business to make a profit, you, when you were in business, just like the entrepreneur that's running his coffee house is. But there's got to be a way for uh, you to be pretty sure that we can service that loan, which, of course, becomes an ex- expense. And I assume that we should have had that in our financial plan that we delivered to you. For sure. Well, well, Jim, we're coming up to the end of, uh, of this other segment. I hope you can stay over for another couple of minutes. Is that all right? That would be fine, Rick. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Jim. And uh, I want to tell you all that you're listening to The Mentors Radio. My guest today is Jim Tekka. And I'm going to ask him after the break, but what do I do when the bank doesn't loan me any money? You're listening to The Mentors. Coming right back. What would happen if you or a loved one passed away suddenly? It might be difficult to think about, but prearrangement is very easy to do. It saves you money, and it's a huge relief on you and your family when the need arises. Catholic Funeral and Cemetery Services is a nonprofit diocesan ministry with a compassionate staff and many beautiful sacred locations from which to choose. We specialize in guiding you through the entire end-of-life process, making decisions easy and faith-driven for you now and for your loved ones later. Call now to learn more at 800-498-4989. That's 800-498-4989. Learn how easy it is to plan ahead. Call Catholic Funeral and Cemetery Services at 800-498-4989. You need a break. This August, enjoy seven days at a stunning villa nestled in the hills of Tuscany, Italy for a -a one-of-a-kind symposium. You'll savor private walks in unspoiled countryside, majestic vistas overlooking olive groves and vineyards, a swimming pool, tennis court, and a private chef to delight your palate with the finest Italian cuisine. Day trips to Florence and Siena, insider tours of some of the world's greatest treasures in art and architecture, Lectures and seminars from world-class speakers, including Dr. Michael Eshleman with National Review, Dr. Jeffrey Lehman of Hillsdale College, and noted art historian Monsignor Timothy Verdon, director at the Museum of the Famous Duomo in Florence. 
you'll experience relaxed, engaging discussions with like-minded new friends. Refresh your spirit. Awaken your sense of wonder. Go to TuscanyTrip.org to learn more. That's TuscanyTrip.org. TuscanyTrip.org. What do a stay-at-home mom, a college student, and a firefighter have in common? They're all HopeInACan.com work-from-home business owners. Join our team and you can be the same. You'll work from home, full-time or part-time, around your schedule. You'll be in business for yourself, but not by yourself. And you'll make a difference in people's lives here and around the world. In 1995, Dr. Ted Kalagris, the research doctor behind a nutritional company, wanted to do more. He launched a foundation to bring nutrition to the poor worldwide. Now, this award-winning company feeds more than 42,000 malnourished children every day. Be part of something bigger than yourself. Earn a paycheck of the heart helping others while you earn extra income. Call us toll-free at 855-921-HOPE. That's 855-921-HOPE. 855-921-HOPE. Or go to hopeinacan.com to learn more. That's hopeinacan.com. Hopeinacan.com. My name is Nick Jordan. I'm the founder of Wells of Life. I'm here to tell you that there are 10 million people in Uganda without access to clean water. Imagine your water comes from a stream or pond shared with animals. Imagine that this water is loaded with parasites and disease. Each day, you have to walk three miles to fetch this because it's all the water there is. So what can you do about this? The great news is you can do a lot. Go to wellsoflife.net and make a personal donation. Talk to your family, church, or company about funding your own well. Every penny goes to fund your well and will bring water and life to as many as a thousand parishioners in rural Uganda for up to 20 years. In this jubilee year of mercy, why not make this your act of mercy in Jesus' name? Go to wellsoflife.net and make a personal donation. Wellsoflife.net And now... Back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. You're listening to The Mentors, and I'm Rick Brutico, your mentor for this week's show. My special guest is Jim Tekka. Jim has been in the banking industry for over 40 years, and he's seen banking from all sides. In the last segment, he was telling us a bit about how difficult it was to get a loan, and uh, I, over the segment, Jim, um, over this break, rather, we've had a caller call in, and I think what he wa- the question he wants to ask is similar or in the vein of what you were talking about. So unless you have an objection, I think we'll have that caller come in now. I look forward to it, Rick. So, hello, Max? Yes, hello. Hi, Max. You're with Rick Brutico and Jim Tekka. And I hear you have a question for either me or Mr. Tekka or maybe both of us. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, I'm, I'm a new listener to the program. I, I've enjoyed it very much so far. And uh, it was fortuitous when I was listening. And I heard Jim discussing the last segment kind of directly spoke to an issue I've been having. And I thought, what the heck, I'll give him a call. So just as a way of a little bit of a background, I've been in real estate for about 10 years or so. And I currently work for a development and management company in real estate. Uh, but aside from that, I run a family partnership that does small project uh, real estate investment. And so where we find ourselves at right now is probably just beyond that phase that Jim was just discussing where we've been at this for a while uh, and we're looking to get financing for additional projects. We're probably invested in about six projects right now. And uh, we've attempted to go to the bank to say, Here's our portfolio. Here's our track record. Uh, we'd like to get funding to increase our portfolio, acquire a new property. And we're still kind of in that same boat that you were discussing where they're not really willing to go out and lend us money. And if they are, it's at a high rate. And the, uh, the debt to principal, debt, debt to equity ratio for our investments is still pretty high. So is there anything, any way we can phrase this or pitch it to the bank that can get us, help us get over that initial initial hurdle so we can finally get past this point and really start doing some additional investing here. 
Well, thank you, Max. Uh, that's a great question. Um, and I can tell you from my perspective, I hear that all the time. And we're talking to the guy that can tell us what to do. So, Mr. Tekka, what do you say to this uh, to Max about this thing? Well, when you look at uh, projects like this or businesses like this, there's, there's two ways to, to look at it, and that is the collateral that is available so that what you do is you file uh, uh, liens against the collateral, which uh, in real estate can be costly because uh, uh, banks, when you, especially if they're commercial properties, I don't know if they are in this case or not, uh, but if they're, they're commercial properties, uh, the amount of due diligence that you need to do, uh, and that's because of both. There, there's two reasons. It's, it's just the proper thing you do as a banker. And the second thing, there's some regulatory issues when you take collateral such as that that you need to, uh, to uh, satisfy. So, so there's both a practical reason and there's regulatory reason. So, so you look at the stream of earnings as a result of that collateral, and so you will decide whether, in both the borrower and the lender, will decide whether they can go ahead attach that collateral. Whether that's a kind of the economical thing to do, and therefore provide additional money to go out and get a. a, a acquire another property. Max, I hope that helps you because we're coming up to a break again. But I want to thank Jim for this answer. I think the key thing, though, that I'd like to know, Jim, should he keep trying? Should he keep banging his head against the wall? Or should he go somewhere else altogether? Well, there's uh, there's there's money available. But the, 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 the banking industry is it, what one bank... I mean, it's, it's not impossible that a, another bank... Will, uh, we'll we'll make that loan. I, I would certainly try other banks, but if you get two no's, it, that means that it doesn't fit into the industry, and you're going to have to acquire that money some other way. Okay, thank you, Jim, and thank you, uh, caller. I appreciate you calling in with your questions. It was it's right on point, and uh, thanks, Jim, for visiting with us today. Uh, we're wrapping up now. This is the Mentors Radio. That's the Mentors Radio. You can go to thementorsradio.com, get more information on the site, and, and, uh, and you can get more information about us. So we hope you will do that. We thank you for listening. Next week, John Phillips will be your host. John has a surprise guest for us. He's not even telling me. But knowing John as I do, it's going to be a fascinating show with a lot of great data in it. So please join us again next week at the Mentors Radio. Same place, same channel. It's been The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. To get more information about the program or a sponsor, to download a podcast of today's show, or to leave a question for our host, go to TheMentorsRadio.com. That's www.TheMentorsRadio.com. The preceding program, copyright CBJ, LLC. All rights reserved.